On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we have our final show before the NFL draft. We'll be answering some questions that people have, talking about who the Patriots will pick in the first round and beyond. And then, of course, uh, we will present to you a few prospects. Spags is out sick today, unfortunately, so it's just me and Keegan. But it's going to be a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. It. Keegan, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. I a week to go. Just I'm counting down the days. I'm ready to get this shit over with. Super excited for the draft. I hear that. I hear that. Well, before we get into draft talk, typically we do story time at the end of the show. Um, but we're starting with story time. And Team Crazy Matt, you got to be here for the stream. You're gonna need it, sir. You're gonna need it because last night I had just just a horrendous. Just a horrendous night, a horrendous night. So I'm going to start. All, I'm going to bring you all the way back to the beginning, okay? And I, and I'll tell the story. My wife doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so it doesn't matter. So we're we're on the Cape. Took when took the kids away for the night, okay? We're on the Cape. Come back from the Cape. Pick up the dog in Quincy. Now I had tickets to the Celtics game last night, so you would think. Now I'm in Quincy at four o'clock in the afternoon, so you would think now. I just hop on the T in Quincy. Nope. Wife says, listen, I want you to drive the car out because I don't really feel comfortable driving the dog with the kids in the car. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So I drive back to Walpole. <laughs> now we drop everyone off. Okay, now we get everything out. We unload in the car. And then now we both go to the bathroom. Like, whatever. So, okay, I'm like, all right, we got to go. I got to catch the commuter rail. So we leave the house. I'm like, we're not going to catch the Walpole commuter rail. She's like, oh, boy. So I'm like, all right, we got to go to 128. So flying to 128 in Westwood. I get into Westwood just in time to see the train pulling out of the station. Oh. So I'm like, that's great. So I'm like, hey, guess what? You're driving, <laughs> you're driving me to Quincy. So she, we had to get in the car and drive back to Quincy, which we just were in. So I'm like, all right, now we're driving back to Quincy. So we drive back to Quincy. I get on the T. Everything's fine. I take the red line, get in the orange line, North Station, blah, 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 whatever. Meet up with my two buddies that I'm going to the game with. And I'm like, all right, great. We go in, we go in, scans the tickets. Tickets aren't working. They're working. Just I bought them. They're in my hand. I'm right looking at them. It's like, well, they're not working. I look at the tickets. The date is April 27th, which is next Wednesday. Game five. So I'm like, Oh my God. So now I check my email, my the email confirmation. Email confirmation says round one, game two. I'm like, well, it's game two. It doesn't say game three. It says game two. So I know I have tickets for tonight. So now I'm on this. I call vivid seats. Vivid seats is who I bought it through. Don't ever go through vivid seats. I'm on the phone with them for 40 
minutes. 40. 4-0. Games long started by the time I get up calling them. Back and forth. I'm talking to one lady. God love her. No idea what the hell she's doing. No idea what's going on. She's dealing with her managers and the people, the team. She keeps saying there's a team looking into what's going on. Can I talk to someone on the team? No, they're not taking calls. Okay. Can I talk to one of the managers? Nope, they're not taking calls right now. I'm like, no one's taking calls except for this woman, <laughs> apparently. So I am like losing it with this one. I'm like, we have tickets to the game. Like, we're go- I'm going to the game. And she's like, yeah, no, well, there's no replacement tickets for you. And I'm like, we now, now I go to vividseats.com. I go to vividseats.com and I'm like, I'm looking at tickets right now on vividseats.com. You're selling tickets to the game tonight that I am standing at the gate. I'm you're you're selling them. I could buy them right now if I wanted. I'm not going to because I just paid for tickets, but I could buy them right now. And I'm like, yes, they were a hundred dollars more than than the one that I had. Get it, understand. Pat's pitch is definitely rising. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Imagine how he felt yesterday. Oh, God, dude. So they're, they're $100 more than what I paid. They're in the same in the same area, but I paid $100 less because I bought them before the, the opponent was even announced. So before it's broke, whatever. Nope, sorry. There's nothing there. I'm like, so I'm like, well, now what? Now I'm like screaming at this lady. And I, I wasn't, but I, I was very upset. And I, t- I kept it together. And she goes, uh, and she says to me, she's like, well, there's nothing we can do. I'm sorry. So I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So then she says, where were you funny those tickets? And then I, and then I lost it. I'm like, you, I'm keeping these goddamn tickets there for game five. Like I'm keeping these tickets. Like, and now I'm screaming at her. Like, and I'm in the concourse at North station. There's people all around. Like I'm just, and I'm like screaming into the phone of this woman. Like, you don't understand. I'm keeping these tickets. Like I've paid for them. I'm keeping them like I don't care. And she's like, no, sir, you don't understand. Like you're keeping the tickets and we're refunding you the money. So I was like, okay, like, I guess that's not terrible. So now we have tickets. So now we're there. Right. So we go to legends and we get a, we get a drink at the bar and we're sitting at like a satellite bar. Cause there's no space at the bar, obviously. Right. Some guy in a whaler's uniform is like some guy in whaler's starter jackets. Like, Hey, uh, you guys want to bet some money on the game? We're like, uh, no shot. Am I betting with a guy in a whaler's jacket with like a backwards hat? Like, nope, no chance. I'm betting with you guy. Okay. So, uh, but whatever. We watched the first half there and it's, they're like, you got to order food from the bar. There's two bartenders and a billion people. I'm like, no shot. So we go to halftime pizza across the street, which is like solid little place. They literally just do slices. That's it. And we're, so we ordered, we both ordered two slices. We all, all three of us ordered two slices and we sat and watched the rest of the game there. And it, it was, it ended up being like a fine time. But it was like, what an absolute nightmare to like have to get in there originally, right? And then be at the gate and not be able to get in. And I was like, you've got to be, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my purple Damon Stoudemire jersey, representing the coaching staff. You know what I mean? My buddy's got the Bill Russell, old school Bill Russell jersey, which is sick. And so it's like, you know, and I'm like, so we can't get in. So we're in Boston watching the game and, and it was fine. Like I said, we had, a, we had a good time. It was fine. But like, man. A nightmare. But now, here's the issue. I have tickets to game five. The Celtics are up two games to nothing. If they win game three, I will be rooting against the Celtics in game four for the Nets to win game four because we have to have a game five. Because typically, now, 
if I had bought tickets to game five and then there was no game five, I'd get my money back for game five. But I've already gotten my money back. So I can't get my money back again. So it's like there has to be a game five now. So now I'm actively rooting for the Nets to win one of the games in Brooklyn, which is just terrible. It's terrible, and I hate it, but it's like, well, what am I going to do? I have to, you know, so, and then to top it all off, it's like next Wednesday, I can't even go to the game next Wednesday because it's going to be an insane day, and it's the day before the NBA, NFL draft, so I'm like, well, I can't do that to my wife. I'm going to be gone Monday, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, and all day Saturday. I can't do that to her. So, um, yeah, not good, not good. So, Anyways, and I agree with you, Joe. There probably will be a game five. You're probably right. But still, if they win game three on Saturday, which seems impossibly far away, sadly, but nevertheless, if they win game three on Saturday, I'm going to be rooting against the Celtics on Monday. <laughs> I've got no choice. Like, I have to. And it's uh, it, it's brutal. It, it's brutal. And Team Crazy Matt and Dark will go to both right. Never use vivid, vivid seats and definitely never accept a call for me during sporting events. That That's just... If I'm calling you during a big time sporting event, there it's not there's nothing good coming from on the other end. I've had the pleasure to be around Pat when he goes into full dad mode on the phone, <laughs> and it is it's a sight to behold. We uh we had an issue in Houston when me and him went down, uh, oh, where God. we tried to rent a car because that's what people do when they travel; they rent cars. Uh, this the entire city of Houston was out of rent a call, rental cars, and uh, they they sold us the car. We're on our way to the place to pick it up. And then they call us and say they don't have any cars. So it was a shit show. Uh, Pat got his money back there and probably a voucher of some sort. But, no. Uh, no, no voucher. <laughs> Houston's the worst, by the way. But that's that's tough. I had a I have a, had an instance at TD Garden where I went. Uh, we bought or we, we got season tickets from somebody who had season tickets. They gave us the wrong tickets. They gave us tickets to a wrong game. So we showed up. I was like nine. And my dad just took all the cash out of his wallet, bought the the only two tickets left in the house it ended up being a game where Ray Allen hit a game winner three at the buzzer Unbelievable. to beat Houston. So we, we saw it, but we had no money to eat because my dad had to spend all of the cash he had. <laughs> this is like, oh, oh, nine, maybe, maybe 2010. Oh, so, my God. Uh, it, there's nothing worse than being trapped at a sporting event and right. not having any way of getting in or trying, trying to figure it out. So, well, that's and that's I said, I went up to now. If I had paid, now it's the thing. Like, if this was game seven or something like this, like, then it's like, well, what are you going to do? You got to go, right? So I went up to the, I'm like, I just went up to the box office just out of curiosity. I'm like, listen, I'm sure you're sold out, but like, you know, do you have any tickets? And he's like, well, we're not sold out technically. $10,000 floor seats. They were were like 350 bucks, which actually wasn't terrible. But I'm like, I'm not paying 350 bucks to go to to game two of round one. That's not happening. First round, yeah. You know, but if it was like the finals, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You got to go. You know, like you're here. So, uh, so yeah. So anyways, that was, uh, whew, that was my, that was my Wednesday night. That was my Wednesday night, which was, uh, it, it was fun. Like I said, it was a three of, it was my, me and my two buddies and we had a good time anyways. Like I knew we'd have a good time no matter what, but like just an absolute nightmare. And, uh, Yeah. And it, actually, it's funny because we go to the we go to the the Marvel movies together, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy tickets to Doctor Strange tonight. And they were like, You're gonna buy tickets to Doctor Strange tonight? You can't buy tickets to Doctor Strange tonight. And I was like, Why not? And then I was like, Oh crap, you're right, I can't buy tickets. Tonight. You're you're barred from buying tickets for a while. <laughs> they got they have to buy the tickets. Oh man, I just but well, the thing was is that because so what happened was I bought the tickets before there was a sporting event, before the event had been created. 
I bought the tickets because I knew they were playing and I knew they had made the playoffs, but they didn't know who they were playing yet and they didn't know when they were playing. So I bought tickets to game two, knowing that it would be around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of vacation week. So I'm like, all right, cool. Here we go. I'll buy those tickets. So when the guy sent me them over, they were TBA. So I just put them in my wallet and I'm like, all right, we're good to go. Like they're TBA right now. Then when they get announced, I'm like, all right, it's all set. Then I get an email from Vivid Seats saying, hey, just so you know, the sporting event got changed from Tuesday the 19th to Wednesday the 20th. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. And so Ticketmaster sent me an email like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the sport, the, they sent me an email afterwards. Like, oh, yeah, the, the, the name of your tickets have been changed from TBA to this. But I didn't even read the email because I was just there. So I'm looking at it like, not great, not great. So I'm looking at it like saying, I just deleted it and even look at what, what the email said because it just cut off after that. If I looked the email, then it would have said game three, and then I would have realized, but what are you going to do? But it was just like, oh, my God. Not great. Not not ideal. So, anyways, that's the story. All right, let's get let's get into let's talk Patriots, into some draft baby. Stuff. We'll talk let's some Patriots. Um, so they're on the they're on the clock at 21. And and I'm really interested to see where they go here. What do you think, Keegan? Do you think now I know we've gone back and forth a billion times? You know, supposedly now they say it's going to be harder for the Patriots to trade back because everyone's going to want to trade back, theoretically. If everyone's going to want to trade back, do you think maybe then the Patriots use that as as an opportunity to then trade up if everyone actually is looking to trade back? I so the the problem for me in trying to figure what they're going to do this year is how many holes they need to fill and the level of value that you would put in each of the positions that they need to fill, if that makes sense. Cause like, I think if you sit at 21, you're, you're going to want to grab a cornerback because that's kind of where those cornerbacks are sitting. It's like the early twenties, the Kyer Elam's Andrew Booth's of the world. Um, Maybe, maybe if you want to tackle, if you want to swing for the fences and try to get a future starting tackle and kind of worry about the things you need now later on, that's a good spot for it. If you want any offensive weapon, which is basically just a wide receiver, um, you're going to have to trade up. If you want one of the top cornerbacks, if you want like a Stingley or a Sauce, whichever one ends up falling into the teens, you're going to have to trade up. If you want a guard, if you want to fill the one spot that you literally do not have a starter at, you're going to have to or you're probably going to want to trade back because that's where the value is at guard. Right. Um so I wrote it I I did the uh the SB Nation mock draft series where somebody from every website we did the first round and I picked Bernard Ryman because it was like there was no one there, we weren't doing trades. Uh you know, he was kind of like the last guy left that I would put a first round grade grade on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was tough. Like, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Andrew Booth ended up being available. I did not know that. I thought he was picked. That's oversight well, on my part. But yikes, the pick was really Andrew Booth, but it was it was Ryman. So uh, they can go in about 90 different directions. I have no idea which one they will go in. And it's one of those situations. You just have to wait to see what happens on draft day. And I'm sure they're going to do the same. Obviously, they don't count their chickens. But uh, I feel like teams go into the, the draft with a plan with an right. idea of how things are going to go. I, I don't know if they know. I think they're just kind of going to sit and wait. And like they do when they sit and wait, it's it comes up. They don't like somebody at the spot. They're just going to trade back no matter how well or how good of value they get for that pick. They're just going to do it because they don't want to, they don't want to reach for somebody. So yeah. um, trading up, I think it's just, it's when, when, have, when was the last time they traded up in the first round is 08. 
2012. They did it twice 2012. in 2012. Yeah. So, um, well, that's, and I we'll think that that's, that's the key. By the way, uh, before I get into to my little spiel here, um, if anyone has any questions, right, throw them on, throw them on the chat and we will answer them after this. We'll get to talk a little bit about the first round. And then if anyone has any questions, just throw them on. We'll throw them up on the screen and we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll answer your questions as well, as best we can, at least. Um, but, I, you know, my thing is this, right? 2012 is kind of what I go back to. 2012, they had obviously identified two guys in Hightower and Chandler Jones that they said these two guys are the guys that we needed to get, okay? And so they said, screw it, we're going to trade up. We're going to trade up for both of them. And that's what they did. They traded up for both of them. Um, and, you know, it obviously ended up working out for them. Now, Chandler Jones didn't stay here as long as as long as you would have liked, but the Hightower pick would turn out to be a pretty good pick. And the Chandler Jones pick was a pretty good pick, too, even though, of course, he ended up doing most of his damage in in, uh, in Arizona. But still... It worked out too well. It was the problem. Right, it, right. A little too well. That's a great point. So... So I think, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they look at this draft and they look at somebody like a Stingley, like a Jordan Davis, like a Chris Olave, let's say, and you say, hey, man, we have to get this guy. And if the run on wide receivers starts and we know we're not getting Chris Olave, it's worth it to get up to 18 to get him. Like it's worth it, you know, and maybe they're not. Maybe they maybe they're gun shy at wide receiver and they'd rather settle for, you know, someone else, you know someone else in the, you know, Shakur or, or someone like that, you know, in the third round. And they just say, screw it. We're not, we're not, we're not touching anyone in the first, but right. still, I think that they're in an interesting situation where, like you said, Keegan, they have a million holes to fill. So they're not looking at, they're not going into the draft saying we are desperate to fill this hole. We have to get a quarter. Last year, they had to draft a quarterback. They were at 15. They were drafting a quarterback at 15. Like didn't matter. Now, if Mac Jones went 13, Okay, now no quarterbacks are left. We can't take one in the first round. We can take whoever we want at this at this spot. But at 15, and Mac Jones sitting on the board, you have to take him. You can't not take him. Um, and so, you know, that that's the thing for me where I look at it and just say, like, that has to be the situation where, you know, the the Patriots can now move up and take someone if they really want him, or they could take someone at 21. Or they could say, you know what? Eh, we'll see what happens and trade back a little bit. So I, I think that that's, that's one of the things for me that I, I think is interesting about this draft because there's so much uncertainty coming into it because they have a lot of holes to fill, but none of them are like, oh my God, we're going to die if we don't have this mission. Even guard is there, but you can get a starting guard day one in the third or fourth round. Like they've right. proven they can do that. So like, even if guard is the number one position, yeah, we can draft a guy in the third or fourth round, maybe even the fifth round, and he can come in day one and start, uh, you know, and be, and be good for them right away. So, um, you know, we'll see. But that's, anyways. Yeah, there. Like we we both touched on. There's just so many different ways to go. Um, so I think that kind of brings us into the first question: Is there any chance that the Patriots go edge early? Where I, I wouldn't shoot down any position other than quarterback and running back. Really, when right. I I look at every other position. Or tight end as well, but yeah, a wide receiver if they love one and they think he's a game changer and he falls to twenty one, sure. the The talent that there is at edge in this class and how deep they are in the first round, there's like five or six guys who can go in the first round. Probably should go in the first round, and Karloftis is probably on the the back half of that list. But you know, if they really like him, if they think he can be a Trey Flowers type, which th that's always kind of the example I go back to in recent years, where 
who that they drafted was worthy of a first round pick. I think Trey Flowers ended up being a guy who, if you took a first round pick on him and he he did what he did in New England, you'd be happy with that. You, right. You know, you'd be elated. So that's the the most recent example I can think of. Um, and he he fits that mold a little bit more than a Chandler Jones or a Matt Judon type. So um, I think I think it's possible. I think that's a situation where if he's at 21, they're going to want to trade back because they'll know he'll fall a little bit further. Um, I, I think Karloftis is a chance he doesn't even get drafted in the first round just because we've seen there's going to be more than one quarterback drafted in the first round. Uh, a wide receiver is probably going to jump up in the back half. There's a ton mm-hmm. of DBs. Uh, there are five cornerbacks who I think are comfortably in the first round conversation, maybe six or seven that could go in the first um, if two of the guards go, you know, so a right. lot of things that could fall and, and have people fall back every year. We see it where there are two, three, four guys who fall, who we thought were going to be in the teens and maybe don't even get drafted in the first round. So I think Karloftis mm-hmm. is one of those guys. And I agree. I mean, I, I think the Karloftis thing is interesting because he's a player that a lot of people are high on and the Patriots, I could certainly see being high on him. Um, I think quarterback, you mentioned it, is such an, an interesting position because there's so much debate about quarterback. Like, Thor Nystrom thinks that Detroit should be taking Malik Willis at number yep. two overall. Then there are guys that have Malik Willis as, like, their fourth quarterback and are like, he probably shouldn't be a first-round pick. He might be because of his – because of, like, he can run and he has a cannon for an arm, but he probably shouldn't be a first-round pick. So people are all over the map on all of these guys. Kenny Pickett's another one. Like, Everyone is back and forth about, okay, Matt Corral. I, mean, I was listening to someone else. Who the heck was I listening to? Chris Sims was saying, like, no quarterback should be taken in the first round except for Matt Corral. And I'm like, well, like, you know, so it's like, yeah. so th- that's the well, part of it. Well, everybody has their quarterback opinion. Everybody. Right, and that and that's a thing. So whereas last year it was like Lawrence was number one. We already knew Wilson was going number two. And then it was like, well, is it Mac or Trey Lance at number three? And, and so you go, for, you know, you go there. And so that's the stuff for me where it's like, right. you know, it was so set in stone last year as to what was going to happen. And then you sat there and said, okay. And last year we were, we wanted them to trade up for Justin Fields. And then of course it didn't happen, but like, you know, and, and we, we lucked out with getting Mac, right. And Spags was right about that one, wanted Mac all along and we got him and, yeah. and you know, he was right, but it's just, it's, it's one of those interesting things for me where it's like, that's going to, that's going to change what happens, right? You're right. Like, the uncertainty there is like, what if Malik Willis goes to number two? Now all these other guys that we thought were going number one, what if Trayvon Walker goes number one and Malik Willis goes number two? And now we're sitting there like, what? Like now what are the rest of these guys going to do? Right. So so now now the dominoes start to fall. It's like, what's going to happen here? And and so that's the stuff for me where there's so much uncertainty. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised with, with an edge in the first round. I just think they don't typically do that, though. They don't typically draft an edge – that early not in the first round at least you know right. so and uh an option for them too where maybe it's not Karloftis specifically but there are there, there might be one or two edges who fall into the teens and since there are teams like philly who have multiple first round picks and there are a couple teams in that uh new orleans i believe right. maybe they want to trade back to 21 eight, team, eight teams that have first two first round picks right and, but those two specifically have them right. both in the teens and yeah. Those are teams that if they are going to trade up, those are the teams to watch out for because right. Philly could use, sure, here, take 15 or whatever it is. We'll drop back to 21, but give us 85 as well. Something like that. So right. um, I, I could see that happening. Absolutely. I, You know, yeah, the Patriots never surprise me. I, I'm never surprised at what they do. I agree. So Joe asked about Nelson Aguilar. Do we trade him to move up for cap, uh, cap space and maybe move up? I don't think you're getting anything for Nelson Aguilar. 
Uh, you could get, you know, a late pick. Now, maybe they say, screw it, like we're done with Nelson Aguilar. I don't know. Maybe they draft someone in the first or second round and they say between him and Devontae Parker, we're done with Nelson Aguilar. We don't need him in the building anymore. So let's trade him for a fifth round pick. Maybe you can get a fifth round pick back for him. Maybe. But his cap hit, it's going to be awfully difficult for someone to take that on. I mean, you saw, you know, with the cap hit where it looked like with, um, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is a really good wide receiver. His cap hit was really high and nobody would take him and he ended up going for a fifth round pick. So it's like, yep. you know, and Aguilar's cap hit isn't quite that high, obviously, but still he has a decently high cap hit and he kind of stinks. So like, you know, you're not really going to get anything back for him, you know? And so I don't, I just think for the Patriots, it doesn't really make sense for them to move on from him unless you can get a fourth or fifth round pick back. And I just don't see how, I don't see who, who would be interested in doing that. That, that's really the issue that I have. So uh, it's a good question. And I think, you know, it's on the table. I think the Patriots would probably do it. It just depends on what they can get back for him. And I don't think they're going to be able to get much back for him. I think, I think one of their biggest mistakes in the past few years is thinking that they were set at wide receiver. It, you go back to beginning of 2019, they had Josh mm-hmm. Gordon, Edelman, Antonio Brown, uh, Philip Dorsett. Like those were their four guys. And what did they do? They cut Demarius Thomas after he had a great training camp. Like he he looked like a guy who could actually come in and contribute. They cut him. They end up having to cut Antonio Brown. Josh Gordon gets suspended. And then you're going to the playoffs with Edelman and, and Philip Dorsett and right. like Chris Hogan, I think maybe. I, I forget who was on that 2019. It was bad. Nikhil Harry after he he got off IR. That yeah. those were the three. So right. um I don't think they're they're gonna be cutting wide receivers who can actually play anytime soon or looking to trade them when they had Muhammad Sanu. Thank Muhammad they Sanu. had a trade for Muhammad Sanu after that, a second round pick. What a nightmare scenario that was. Yep. So this year they've got, you know, Devonte Parker, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. Those are their probably top three, their best three receivers. And then you've got Aguilar behind them. And then there are a ton of guys who are fighting for spots. I think Harry's on his way out the door. He's not showing up to, the, yeah, he knows he's done. The beginning, so he and he wants to be traded. They, yep. I'm sure they want to find a way to trade him. He's probably just going to end up getting cut. Um, but you know, the last thing that they're going to do is be like, "Oh, we've got three, we've got three starter quality wide receivers. Let's go try and and hit the jackpot." Unless they add somebody else, I, I just don't see them getting rid of rid of Aguilar. I think they really like him. Him and him and Mac just couldn't get together on those those vertical routes on the sideline for some reason. Yeah. Um, what they could was like those short slants in in the red zone. They had great success. His first touchdown pass. First touchdown. Yep. Yep. So uh, Nelson Aguilar is not a negative at all. He's he's a net positive. And if you're the Patriots and you've got a wide receiver who's a positive, don't do anything but right. retain them. Even though you're paying eleven million dollars for a guy who's like a if war if football had war he's a zero point one, but he's he's in the positive. So keep right. him on the roster. And that's I agree with you hundred percent. I mean it's just kind of like. At a certain point, it's like, okay, you're paying him. You're clearly overpaying him, but it's like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to get nothing back for him, and then it's like, well, now what, you know? And so um, so we'll see. We'll see. Dark Blue Gold had a question here about, uh, do you think the Patriots' recently improved drafting record will hold this year? I, I mean, I kind of think that it will. I mean, the, the I mean, hope it will, obviously. But I think the biggest thing for me is that they have shifted their focus a little bit. I think that they have been kind of looking at, I don't want to say necessarily developmental prospects before, but like, I feel like they did some drafting at the end there where it was like, we're bit, we know that we're coming to an end. 
So we need to try to like get high end guys and we need to try to get them at the positions that we need. Swinging for the fences. Right. And, and instead of do, you know, Dominique Easley is the perfect example of that. Dominique Easley is a guy that had no knees, like super explosive D tackle, but he had no knees. And so they're yeah. like, well, if he's surgeries. right. And they were like, you know, the bone on, it was bone on bone when he was a senior in college or when he, when he was coming out of college it was bone on bone. Yeah. So like that was an example of, Hey, I know he gets hurt all the time, but like, if this guy is healthy, he's nasty. And it's like, but he's not healthy. So why the hell are you drafted him? But it was almost like, well, screw it. Like we don't necessarily need anything right now. I mean, they won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> they drafted him. So like they obviously didn't need him. But like now it's then you look at, you know, the 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 depletion of talent and it's like you didn't hit on any of the later picks either. And so I think they were they were swinging for swinging for the fence is the perfect is the perfect analogy. Like they were just swinging out of their ass trying to get, you know, trying to hit home runs instead of trying to hit singles and doubles and triples like and every now and again, you hit enough singles and doubles then you'll find some guy that's a home run. Fine. But like, you know, they got away from, I think, some of their drafting that they did well at the end. And now it seems like they're back to doing that same type of thing where they're going and saying, Hey, you know, this guy has the athletic profile that we like. This guy has, you know, uh, so on and so forth. So we'll see. But I, I just think to me, I think that, um, that that's one of those. I just feel like, I feel like they're, they have the right mindset this year and they're back to kind of their old mindset. And so I feel like they're going to be okay this year. Um, you never know, of course, but that's, that's what I think. Yeah, we were talking about that Tyreek Reed fight. The guy I went to the game with, I, sorry, it just popped up and it made me laugh. Yeah, he uh, he texted me the guy I went to the game with. He said Reed got into a fight. You caused it. You pissed him <laughs> off a year ago. But that's it. That's inside baseball between me and Pat. But um, yes, for anyone that didn't know, Tyreek Reed, double A player for the Red Sox, just absolutely whooped a pitcher for whooped up. It was great. Look, look for it. Um, no, so they they had a four year stretch right where they drafted poorly. 17, they went 0 for 4. Yep. Uh, 18, they hit on Wynn and Bentley. Berrios and, and Sony Michelle are like, Berrios never played for them in a regular season game, I think. Um, and, but he's, and been, Sony, he's been a pretty good player, though. But he's, got a, he's, he's been, been a pretty good player. good player. Who cares if he's good if it's not for the team that, right. you know? Right. Um, and Sony Michelle was great as a rookie, but the, the injuries caught up to him, and then they found guys who were better, you know. And again, whatever. it's the same, but that's the same situation with Sony, where it's like, we need this guy right now. The injuries are scary, but we need this guy right, right now. So even if he only lasts one year, we just have to have a running back. So they drafted him. They drafted the wrong they, guy. They should have drafted Nick Chubb. But still, right. yeah. And they, they they did hit on Dietrich Wise. Uh, it took him a long time to get to it where did. he was last year. It, it took him three years to figure it out. So right. uh, and then they had, they had to overpay for him to keep him. So tough. Uh, yeah. But what are you going to do with a fifth round, sixth round pick, uh, fourth round pick? 19 was their worst draft in a very long time. They hit on Damian Harris and Jake Bailey. So a third and a fifth round pick. Nikhil, Joan Williams, Chase Winovich, Yadik Juiced, Yalta Froholt, Jared Stidham, Byron Cowart, Ken Webster. They've all done nothing. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, Winovich showed flashes. He's gone. Jared Stidham's a third string quarterback. Uh, 20, they hit on Duggar. And then... And and what I meant to say going into it was 17, 18, 19 was let's capitalize on Brady while he's still here. Let's right. And that's what you were saying about swinging for the fences. Then 20, it was our roster's depleted. We need to, we need right. developmental guys, guys who can help us in the long term. They got one in Duggar, but 
Uche can't find his way onto the field. Anthony Jennings has yet to play in a game. I think, or he did as a rookie, maybe a couple games, but he's done nothing. Yeah. and Keene have done nothing. The racist kicker, Mike Onwenu, they hit on in the sixth round, which was nice. Yep. Haran, I'll have no Justin Haran hate. Sixth round pick. He's right. been as good as you can hope for. For hundred percent. Yep. And then twenty twenty one, they. I mean, the top three picks are, or three out of the the top four picks are unreal. Oh Ronnie Perkins has a chance to be a, a good football player. He just they gave him the the red shirt rookie year like they do to a lot of guys. So right. um I think they're trending up. That's I I just read through their last five drafts just to say that I, I think they're trending up and and now when they're in a position where they have a lot of talent on their roster, they can just go ahead and draft good football players and not have to worry about we need to fill right. this spot, we need to do this. The only thing they need to do that with is that guard. And if I want if I trust any team at drafting drafting any position, it's the Patriots and drafting a guard. They so, knock it out of the bar. Also, Joe, I invented the <laughs> Dalton Keene's going to be Kyle Juszczyk bandwagon. <laughs> I, I was on it from day one. My first tweet that went big because of Pat's pulpit was Dalton Keene's going to be a great fullback. Uh, they refused to do it. I think maybe this year, since they don't have one, they'll try him out there. But we'll see. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, one thing that gets lost in the shuffle in 2017 that I that I hate, they traded a first round pick for Brandon Cooks. Like yeah. Brandon Cooks is that guy. He's also like that. That's a haul from 2017. Now he only played one year, but you were trying to win the Super Bowl in 2017, so you traded a first round pick for Brandon Cooks, and then you got a first round pick back for him. It was a great trade for the Patriots. But then again, you you draft Eric Rivers, who people were high on. He gets hurt and never sees the field. You draft Antonio Garcia, who people are high on. He gets blood clots in his lungs and never sees the field. Like, it's just – it's one of those things. Like, it's it's tough, man, you know? So, anyways, that's that. All right, uh, we had a question. Right, exactly. We had a question here from Andy. Uh, which recent draft pick is going to surprise you in 2022? I guess if we name it, it wouldn't surprise us. But which one's going to surprise them that we can think of? Yeah, I, I'm still – the easy answer for me is Ronnie Perkins because he just hasn't done anything yet and he hasn't been given a opportunity. But I don't think that would surprise anybody if he came in and was solid just because right. from what we've seen of him in college is that's who he was. He was a really solid player. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Josh Uche. I, I held out hope last year. I thought he was going to lead the team in sacks. I thought he was going to be great. That They wouldn't let him see the field. But now this year – with a defense who's just going to be flying around all over the place. That's what they're going to want to do. He's the perfect sub rusher. Him, Barmore and Matthew Judon gives me tingles all over. I, I'd love to see that. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to hold out hope on him. I like that. I do like that. And there are other ones like Cam McGrone, I think is a good, but again, like, is that really going to surprise people if Cam McGrone comes in and plays pretty well? Right. So um, I think when you talk about like surprising Whew, man, it's tough. Um, it would probably have to be someone from the last two years. Oh, I got my guy. Oh, it's my guy. My guy. I have Is to go. I have to go with him. It's not Josh Bledsoe. It's Trey Nixon. I got to go with Trey Nixon. My guy, Trey Nixon. I was on the Trey Nixon hype train. I was. I wasn't on the. I was the only person on the Trey Nixon hype train. I you was. Were the Nixon I, I literally was the train. Dude, I was tweeting things out about Trey Nixon, and the only people liking it were like his like high school. High school, like his mom, classmates, yeah, and stuff, and his mom, yeah. and stuff. Like, I, Trey Nixon was the last pick of you know of uh, of Ernie Adams' career. I just feel like he's got to do something. He's got to do something 
at least like make the team or surprise us a little bit. He's at conditioning. He's at he's at offseason conditioning right now. So you never know. He's getting better. Uh, so you never know. But that's is, that's that's the one I'm going to go with. Uh, this is quick before we move on to the next question. But Wilkerson wasn't a draft pick, so he didn't qualify. But I love my. Uh, why did I just forget it? Christian Wilkerson. Thanks. Christian. I almost yeah, said Christian. Muhammad Wilkerson, who was a defensive tackle. Like, ah, yeah, well, that's a guy. Uh, no, I I love Christian Wilkerson. I I think he could be solid. I just don't think he can on the Patriots. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, the, the wide receiver room is hard to crack in the Patriots. It's hard to get that. Like, yeah, it's hard. But yeah. all right. So the next one I saw. There you oh. go. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just I just went to Heineken. Sorry. The, the your guy capital Y capital G. Everybody knows my answer. It's Chris Olave. I want to hear. I want to mm. hear yours because I think I know who it is, and I'm low. I'm low on him. So I this could be an interesting conversation. There's like 97 of them for me. Uh, the 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 one guy for me, like the one guy, and uh, and Andy Andy mentioned it uh, earlier. The the one guy for me that I am like 1,000 percent like I would be dancing in the streets if it happened. Um is Derek Stingley. I would lose my mind if Derek Stingley became a New England Patriot for a multitude of reasons. Number one, because the guy's a stud, in my opinion, just an absolute stud. But also the fact that he's the grandson of Daryl Stingley, like, that's the coolest story ever. Like, the fact if he came in and as Stingley's grandson played for the Patriots, like, that's like Patriots royalty you're talking about now. And so that becomes something where it's an even bigger story for me. I mean, I would lose my mind if they somehow found a way to get Derek Stingley. And listen, I don't think it's necessarily possible. Um, I still see mock drafts where he's going in the top five, top 10. But if Sauce, you know, gets to the top five, top 10, and then, you know, it, it, it becomes a situation where quarterbacks start going and wide receivers start going. And now all of a sudden he's there at 15, 16, and you can move up and get him like, Holy crap, if that ever happened, I'd lose my goddamn mind. I, I thought you were going to go with um, Sky Moore, who I've... Oh, I love Sky, too. Just listening to... it's You know those situations where everybody around you talks highly about somebody, so right. you hate them? Yeah. It, it's that. I don't, I think he's fine. I just... You, Spags, burned. I'm like, all right, enough. Enough of Sky Moore. <laughs> and I'm doing that to people with Alave, so I get to... No, I get it. No, I, listen, I get it. And Sky Moore was the first prospect that we looked at, that I looked at, that I highlighted. Um, and so, yeah, he's definitely, he's one of my guys for sure. And like I said, I have like, I have so many of them where I'm like, oh, this guy would be so awesome. I mean, like they can't draft all of those. It's like one of those Madden things where you like, you see Madden and you're like, oh my God, I want all of these guys. How can I draft all 12 of these guys? (laughs) I mean, I do I have Jerry Rice, Randy Moss and you know, (laughs) everybody else on my team. Right. Right. Uh, I I do want to throw this in here. Matt put me on to Jason Poe, who's the guard fullback out of Mercer. What yep. a guy he is. What Woo. a what a big beefy guy. He's the best. Uh big fan. And then we got another one, Boy Mafe, who we drafted in the we did. early second round in our mock draft. Yep. People hated that. Um they should. I, I I love this conversation because I have classic me, I have two answers for it. So I want I want to get your opinion first. Which corner <laughs> would be a better fit for us to draft, us being the Patriots? Kyrie right. Elam or Andrew Booth Jr. Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean, I, I feel like Elam is probably the if you're gonna play man to man, and it's funny because Joe just asked a question about that. Uh, yep. uh, you know, I, I think if you're gonna play man to man more, that Elam is the better pick. But if you're gonna play more zone, that Booth is is the guy to me. 
that can do, you know, he can play man to man as well, but he's a better zone corner. Whereas Elam is kind of that press man, that like traditional long press man corner um, more so than, than Booth is. So I think it's a question of what the Patriots are going to do. Are they going to play more zone this year? Like they, like they kind of did at the end of last year, or are they going to play, you know, more traditional man to man, which I just don't think they have the horses to do that, which I guess Elam would kind of be, would fit more of that. So, um, and Florida, Matt just mentioned it. Florida like scares me. Just, just the University of Florida scares the hell out of me. They anytime they draft someone from the University of Florida, they always suck. So, like, you know, but so my my opinion goes back to the: Are you going to swing for the fences? Or are you going to grab a guy who can work year one? I think Kyrie Elam can walk in year one in the zone system. I kind of think the opposite of you. I think he works really? so well in zone because he's just going to jam the shit out of people and not let them get to their spot and kind of help correct people on his side of the field, which I think is great out of a corner. Uh, but long-term, like you said, if he's going to try to play man long-term, he's, he's grabby. He's a little too physical, uh, not quite a great athlete. I think Andrew Booth Jr. Is, he has a chance to be the best corner in the draft. I, I believe in him that highly, but I also think if he doesn't develop into the player that he can be, it can get ugly where he's a step slow because he's, he just can't process things as quickly as you need it. A man to man corner. Right. Um, so I, I think Booth is the, is the better pick because I think he can step in and he can work, you know, he's going to be a rotational player year one, but if you want a guy who can eventually be that number one corner and like the Patriots work so well when they have, uh, I think Booth Jr. is the guy for me. All right. Well, there you go. How about that? Nice. All right. Uh, Joe asked about, about, uh, he did ask about, you know, we're going to switch to more man coverage or zone coverage. I'm sorry. Instead of man to man. I mean, I think that's really the question, right? Like I just don't understand, um, why if you, <laughs> that's a great question. We'll get to that one next. It is a good question. I, I don't see how you can play man to man. I just don't see that. Right. Because you just like you don't have the guys to do it. You just don't have the guys to do it. Now maybe you draft two guys in the draft and you feel like okay, I'm we're much better at it. But they're rookies. Like I, I don't see us having the ability to play man to man. Obviously, they're gonna play man to man at sport at, at parts. Like you're gonna you're going to clearly. Every team does, no matter what they want to do, they have to. Right, right. And so you know you do that. I just don't think you can be a man heavy team like they have been in the past. So, um. The, the, it's it's an easy answer, and there is a correct answer. They're going to play more man or more zone because they signed eighty safeties, and how can you right. get all of them onto the field? Play zone defense. There's, exactly. Exactly. The real peppers is going to be playing underneath coverage from linebacker. It, it, you, we're going to see some weird ass defensive units, and it's going to be awesome. I would agree. I would agree. Also, Oliver asked a question which must be answered. Must. Will Keegan be joining the draft show from a random shady hotel again this year? Will that be happening, Keegan? It was a Marriott. The lighting was bad. I spent a lot of money on that hotel, so it was not shady. Uh, it was a wonderful hotel. They were very nice to me. They they brought me food. Uh, great people. But right. no, I've got my own apartment this year. I pay for Xfinity, which works. DirecTV is a piece of garbage. If it rains, you just don't have internet service. Uh, my grandparents, I don't know what they're doing with DirecTV, but I'm out of there now. I got Xfinity. It's great. Uh well, haven't had a problem yet, so there you go. We're good. We're good to go. I'm gonna be sitting on my couch. You're gonna see my zero. All of my decor is right here. It's just a blank wall back there. So you're gonna see my old couch and my blank wall while I'm watching. So good, so good. You can probably notice we have the we moved my daughter downstairs, so my podcasting room is now gone, uh, and so I have moved to the basement, which is unfinished. But I'm I've made the best. You wouldn't know. It looks great. Yeah, it looks pretty good. 
Just gonna get the kids' artwork up on the wall, and I know that's not gonna happen because this is the stairs behind me, as you can probably see. Um, So, on a scale from Super Bowl Fifty Two to Super Bowl Fifty Nine, how do you see Malcolm Butler contributing this year? Probably closer to fifty two than forty nine. Super Bowl Fifty One is is the correct answer. Yes, Dark Blue Gold actually answered that. I forget he was. Oh yeah, he answered it. Thank you. He Uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. He just. I forget he was on that team because he didn't yeah. do anything in that game. And I think he's gonna be it's gonna be a similar situation. I think it's gonna be great to see him out there. Like yeah. happy story, you know. The last time I, I truly cared about whether the Patriots won or lost or not, he was on the team. So and then my my fandom died. But um it's good it's gonna be cool seeing him out there, a little throwback. And he's yeah. gonna contribute. He's not gonna be like some bum and right do anything but well and that's and that's part of i agree a, with you lockdown cornerback i agree with you there i mean one of the things that people forget about super bowl 51 is that the strip sack by donta hightower was going to be a touchdown he was getting torched long by taylor, was gabriel. That, taylor gabriel that's it uh he was getting torched Malcolm Butler was getting smoked inside by taylor gabriel it was going to be a touchdown and uh and you know it was strip sack and said so uh what would have been game uh, for the for the Ravens turn out to not be so uh he owes the, sorry Malcolm Butler owes yeah. Eric Rowe a million dollars for taking the heat off him because people hate Eric Rowe yeah but he was you know there's there's if there's no Eric I mean, Rowe in the world people are gonna hate Malcolm Butler for Super Bowl yep. 51 and 52 is amplified right because you know there's no Eric Rowe giving up touchdowns and people. Right. And, it's, and, and the thing for me is that Eric Rowe like played pretty admirably in both of those games. The throw to Alshon Jeffrey was the most ridiculous pass I've ever seen. It was, it was a perfect throw and a perfect catch. Like how his was the Julio, the, the Julio, the Julio, the Julio yeah. one. Too. Yeah. He had two, two straight Super Bowls where he just got mossed and it was right. no, no, and he had him. absolutely perfect coverage. No, couldn't have done anything better. And you know, it just didn't work out. So, all right, uh, Andy's got a question as well. If you're advising Belichick, are you going to tell him you need to upgrade pass rush or pass coverage? What do you think? Uh, I'm not telling him shit. If I'm advising <laughs> him, I'm going to listen and learn. But uh, if somehow he wanted a 22-year-old's advice, I go – or, it, it again, it depends on the situation you're in. But you got to go cornerback this year because Jordan – the answer is if Jordan Davis is available – He's the he's the pick because he just makes everybody else better because he right. takes up so much yep you know accountability from the offense. So if he's there, get him, have him take up the three interior guys, get Judon on an island. Everybody's cooking with gas, right? Uh he's not gonna be available. Go get yourself a cornerback who can cover and help the pass rushers out a little bit. I would agree. I I, I just think pass rush is nice, but you have to have guys that can cover. You you just you have to, and they don't right now. They, they just don't like you can't trot out there day one, Jalen Mills and Malcolm Butler. You just can't do that. Terrence Mitchell. Right. I mean, you just, you can't probably do that. Number two this year. And we have John Jones who I, I love John Jones, but John Jones is a slot corner. That's what he is. Right. And so like, he's a very good slot corner, but that's all he is, is a slot corner. So to me, I, I just feel like you just have to, you have to go out there and draft a corner at some point in the draft, I'm going to be very upset if they leave the draft without a cornerback. If they leave the draft without an edge player, I'll be, yeah, I'll be disappointed, but I won't be like upset about it. You know, I'd say, okay, they didn't have an edge guy that he liked. There are more guys in the pipeline that they already have ready to go at edge than there are a corner. Exactly. 
exactly. I agree. So, uh, all right, Oliver, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna dunk on me here. I do say it a lot, but I think it's so funny how I'm the worst athlete of all time, and I was getting dunked on in high school. Uh, I would not tell Bill that. I would, I would just listen. If if you, yeah, this is advice for everybody. If you if you're ever around Bill Belichick for some reason, shut up and listen. Right, don't say a word. It's a great he call. He does. He really doesn't care. No, you really and I don't send him my draft advice because that's gross. Who would do that? Uh, I. What are the chances the Patriots win the Super Bowl if we 4%. get good picks this year? Four percent. Four percent. I like that. I was gonna say that's like if they draft like a future Hall of Famer. I was gonna say like two, but four percent. I okay. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I get that. <laughs> I I thought you were gonna be higher than me, so I'm glad I'm the optimistic one. No, no, no. I I just think like. I don't know how you win the division. I mean, I guess theoretically now, if everyone gets hurt, if everyone gets hurt, you win. It's crazy, right? Maybe Josh Allen will get hurt. I don't know. One play, and we're not wishing Josh Allen gets hurt, but it it only takes one play. We saw with Brady in '08. That team probably wasn't winning the Super Bowl, anyways. But they they went 11 and five with Matt Castle quarterback. So they you never know. (laughs) You know what I mean? They they crumble. They would crumble in the playoffs. So yes, no, uh, and uh, Z attack right here. You're 100 percent right. If I somehow got a chance to be in a Bill Belichick press conference, I would find a way to ask him a random question about football history to let him go on a tangent. That's what, that is my like one dream is to get in there and ask him a question about like somehow relate the current team to fit to, to like old school football and have him go on this tangent about like, you know, whatever. So, uh, but you know, we'll see. You know what you have to ask him? I'm looking up the name of the long snapper in 2000. Brian Kinchin. Yes. Kinchin, the guy who cut his hand with a knife the day before the Super Bowl. Yes. Got to ask him. him That's a good question. That's a good question about him. The the U.S. history teacher who was snapping in the Super Bowl like while he was on. Right. Right. Crazy. Crazy. So anyways, I think that's it. That's all we got. Lots of great questions. Uh you used to have Kinjin's biography. Who the hell's buying that book? Come on, Matt. What are we <laughs> Obviously, doing? Matt, I guess. Sheesh. That's crazy. That's you gotta get out more. You can't be buying Brian <laughs> Kinchin's biography. That's tough. <laughs> so I uh man. I guess Bill Belichick, yeah. Maybe he is buying maybe he is buying Brian Kinchin's biography, and I guess you never know. We do have draft prospects, by the way. We've got those before we get out of here. Oh yes, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh Come you wanna do with you? Uh, well, you know what? Why don't you do yours first since we've already talked about this guy? Yeah. Kyrie Elam. That's my guy. Um, I just, what am I doing? Um, like I said earlier, where if you're looking for a guy to contribute right away at cornerback in the first round, um, filling in on the defense, I think it's Kyrie Elam. I've talked about him on the, uh, the live mock draft show that we do every Tuesday. Catch the last episode on Tuesday. You guys can come draft a Patriots mock draft with us. You all get your own picks. So that should be fun. But it's a guy I've talked about a ton in the past. I've written about him. I've done a, or uh, Spags has done a thread on him, but he's a guy who can come and immediately contribute, help your defense get better. And there's a chance that he becomes a really, really good number one corner down the line. So um, I like, I like him as an option for the Patriots at 21. I like it. I like it. Uh, my guy is Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, six three two zero eight. Big-bodied receiver. He's a white dude, which is kind of crazy. Uh, ran a 4-4-140, had a 40.5 vertical inch jump, and a 129-inch broad jump. 
Street cone was a little bit slow. His shuttle was a little bit slower than you'd like it to be. If you know, if you're looking at who the Patriots typically draft at wide receiver, but man, I mean, the dude is a baller. 52 catches for 884 yards and eight touchdowns this past year. Really good body control, physical guy. Um, you know, but also has the speed and the and the explosion to kind of get downfield. So I like it a lot. I, I think you know he's a guy for me that you could look at the sec, you know, late second, third round pick, maybe even, you know, mid to late round pick, uh, late round, third round, Jesus, <laughs> mid, mid to late third round pick um, that, that I think could happen. So uh, again, not a guy that's day one, but it's like, if you don't draft, if you don't want to draft a wide receiver at 21 or to move up to draft one, he could be a guy that's sitting there in the, you know, in the seventies or the eighties that you might be able to, you might be able to target and, and grab. So uh, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati's my guy. He's a, he's a fun guy to talk about too, because I think he's the type of player that people reach for. Cause he's got like the physical stuff. Right. Uh, and it makes, it makes you look smart if he gets drafted earlier than other people thought. Nah, see, look at that. And Matt, I love you, pal. You're, you're great. I do not, you do not drive me bonkers. We love people who interact. This is great. We want, you guys this is great today. Yeah. This is what we want. Yes. Oh, dark blue gold. You didn't. Yes. I have, I have not moved to a man cave. Uh, I have simply moved to my unfinished basement downstairs. Um, and I have hung things up to make it look like it's not unfinished. <laughs> so, Hell yeah. but it looks cool. So, you know, I had the McGinnis Jersey, which I was like, Hey, let's do it. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, yeah, Ken State's QB. Matter of fact, that might happen this year with EJ Perry from Brown. He's got some. He's got some wheels. That kid. He's got some wheels. Ken State's quarterback is like he's super uncoordinated, but he's he's fast. <laughs> so hey, yeah, you never know. I think he ran for like 15 touchdowns last year. Rushed That's outrageous. Yeah. So see, he's so uncoordinated. He looks like if Brady would if Brady ran like a four five forty. <laughs> ah, bring him in. What the hell? You know, his name's Dustin Crum, folks. Look him up. Dustin Crum, there you go. All right, see, yeah, this this is why you come here, not to listen to me, but to to know to find out Keegan's ridiculous facts about knowing Kent State's quarterback, just on the top of his head, just on the top of the dome. That was he wasn't looking that up, ladies and gentlemen. That was just off the top of his head. All right, I got to look up how many he actually scored. <laughs> if it's if what did I say, thirteen, fifteen, fifteen, you said. Let's see if he's right. It's gonna take me a while to find this. Fill the fill the, the the broken time. Let's. So yeah, no. Uh, next week, Oliver, you're 100 right. Next week's gonna be amazing. Uh, we will be live for the entire first round. Twelve. Twelve. He ran for 24 in five years. Whew, that's a lot. That's a running back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, oh. <laughs> Let's go eight more minutes. Let's tell the story again. <laughs> but um. No, so anyways, next week, we will be live on Thursday night, all night, Thursday night, live from before they make the first pick until after they make the 32nd pick. Uh, We'll be live all night long. It is going to be me. It is going to be Keegan. It is going to be Ryan. Uh, You know, we're going to have some guys stopping through. Taylor, I'm sure, will stop by. Brian Phillips. Brian Phillips will stop by. He'll be in and out. He might be there most of the time, I would think. Hopefully, Mark will stop by as well. We have a few. Yep, Spags might even stop by a little bit. We have a few guests I might, coming through. I might through. coax Burned at middle of the night. Ooh-wee. I might get him. 
He wakes up fun, wouldn't it? Around, so. What the hell? He's gonna be yeah. He's gonna be awake. We might as well might as well have Even him come on. Let's do it. Let's get right. Everybody. Get the baby on. Get the baby on. That's what we want. So, uh, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. So we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun with it. Not gonna have as many guests as we had last year. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep um yeah no cable. Hell also, yeah, also one of the things that someone said last year, one of the critiques that I got last year was that we waited too long. Like the pick was announced. We knew what the pick was, but we didn't announce it on here. We waited until it was announced on TV. We will not be doing that again this year. We, as soon as the pick comes through, whoever sees it first, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's online, wherever it is, boom, it's coming out. It's uh, so, so fun you, breaking you news to it. people too. I no, it's gonna wait. be great. Gonna I got great. to do it with the Fields pick because I couldn't. I like couldn't wait. I was yeah, like, they, they got him. They got him. So that was fun. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's, yeah. We've only done it once, but it's like my favorite time of year. Uh, it's so much fun. That's gonna four, be four and a half hours with the with the fellas. So. Oh, and we're gonna be like you know loopy by the end of it. it's gonna be great. I'm very. Right, I might I might drink throughout the whole thing. It's been it's been a long draft process. <laughs> Let's see how drunk I can get on screen. Yeah, right. So I'm sure your new employer won't be upset about that at all if that happens. Um, by the way, new hat. Check the new. Get the new hat. Five Love bucks it. at the pro shop. They're giving these things away at the pro shop. So is that the draft hat? Uh, it might be last year's draft hat. I don't know. That's it's like, cool. it's like blue. It's like blue with like the red outline, but it's kind of cool. I kind of like it. So, uh, I was like five bucks. What the heck, dude? Sure. That'd be my new golf hat. So I bought, yeah, bought a new golf bag. So I bought a new golf hat. So there you go. So, we got to go golf and we got to set that up. Very excited about it. Yeah. We got to get it done. Once the summer comes, we got to get it done. So anyways, all right, that's it. We're rambling. Um, we uh we'll be here next Thursday. We'll do I'm sure we'll do tons of rumbling next Thursday. It's gonna be great. So um, but anyways, but anyways, thanks for coming through, guys. We appreciate it. And we will have just so you guys know, we'll yes, we'll be live all night Thursday night, but because we won't leave you guys hanging, me, Keegan, and Spags will get on and do not live, but we will do a podcast recapping round one, and that podcast will be out Friday morning for all of y'all people. Okay, so just so you guys know, we'll be out Thursday night after the draft, after round one is over. Keegan, Spags, and Pat will have a podcast that comes out on Friday morning for all of you crazy draft people. Uh, you'll get a podcast as well on Friday morning. So you know, we we love you guys. We take care. Of you. That's what we do. All right. You know, so much work, so much work <laughs> for you people. We just, but it's great. We love it. it. We love it, and and it's great. So, um. And we will be doing, yes, and it's a great question. We will be doing uh, the quick hitters for all of the later round picks. Uh, every I time took, they'll be. Yeah, took we'll, three days off of work, so I'm I'm available, baby. Look at we're, that. We're going Love live. It. It's so good that you are. Pick? It's good that you are because uh, on Saturday, the, la- <laughs> the third day of the draft on Saturday, my daughter has a dance recital, which is great. So. Gonna uh, gonna miss pretty much the entire third day of the draft, but we'll see what happens. I, I think I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my podcast and stuff to my parent to my in laws house. Don't tell them, but I'm gonna take my podcast to my in laws. <laughs> so, anyways, all right, thanks guys, we appreciate it, and uh, and we will we'll talk to you next Thursday, round one of the NFL draft. It's finally here.